Why doesn't Red Bull come in a red bowl? So if somebody was like, hey, buddy, we're going to be doing some Jaeger bombs. Could you bring the Red Bull? And the guy's like, sure. And he literally just fucking brought a red bowl to the party. People would be like, ah, Steve. Scotch. Hey everybody, welcome to Coffee with Butterscotch, the official podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. We are Butterscotch Shenanigans, a three-brother video game studio. I'm Seth. And I'm Adam. Sam isn't here this week, but we'll get to that later. If you're interested in our games, you can find them at games.bscotch.net. You can also join our loving community at forums.bscotch.net. If you want to uh, throw some questions our way for this podcast, you can go to podcast.bscotch.net. Also, a quick warning, this podcast is not for children, youngsters, kids, or babies. So get off our lawn! Yeah, if you're one of those things, go away. Okay, first things first. Nice intro, Seth. You're getting getting better at this. Thanks. It's, it's, getting, it's getting real smooth. Yeah. So the reason that I complimented Seth on his intro skills is because normally our other brother, Sam, does that. Yeah. But he's not here. He's not here because uh, he is in the hospital right now. He underwent a stem cell transplant on Friday, bone marrow stem cell transplant, which is a lot less horrible than it sounds in terms of, you know, uh, pain and so they don't they don't actually shank you in the bones it's basically like getting an iv drip well you also get irradiated he he did get irradiated but that's all done but yeah he's doing he's doing very well he's feeling good he's tired and winded because when you don't have a lot of blood uh you, you you're kind of oxygen starved Actually, you're ex- that's exactly what you that's are. That's exactly what happens. So, you, so uh, anything that you normally do, like just basic physical activity, is just harder now. Yeah, it just kind of makes it. Yeah, you're just out, you're just out of air all the time. Yeah, but he hasn't had to get any you know blood transfusions yet or anything like that, and every, like all his numbers are looking great. Uh, so he's just he's cruising through this thing. Yeah, but yeah, so he's but he's still trapped in the hospital for at least a couple more weeks. So it'll still be just the two of us for this podcast and the next probably couple. Yeah. Well, the next ones are going to be, well, actually the next one, I don't know what's going to happen with that. The next one, well, I'll be in, I'm going to Colorado this Friday and I won't be back till Wednesday. So we're running out of, we're running out of brothers. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure if I can solo (laughs) the podcast. So we'll probably do the podcast. Maybe we'll just do it late or something uh, next week. like Or we'll do it early. Like tomorrow or or Thursday of this week, and then just hold on to it. Yeah, we'll just and we then, can bank it, just stock yeah. stockpile that thing and cash uh, in later. Like a lot. We may tea. have to do that, but also uh, next, the end of next week, we're going to be at uh, Pixel Pop Festival, which you can find at I believe pixelpopfestival.com. That is true. Well, yeah, the next weekend, the next weekend, yeah, the weekend after this one coming up. Yeah, two weekends from now, if yeah. you will. And, yeah. September, so we'll 12 giving, <laughs> September, September 12 and 13, we'll be giving a talk at that thing uh, about starting a game studio, which we have obviously done before. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to mm-hmm. talk about uh, that, I guess. However, we've not actually crafted this talk yet. And as Seth noted, he's going to be gone starting this Friday until next Wednesday. We need to do another podcast somehow magically between now and then. And we need to prepare a talk, and we need to get a whole bunch of Crashlands shit done, which we will uh, talk about in a moment. So it's a little... Things are happening. Time is of the essence. It's always yeah. it's always running out. But we yeah. got this. Um, 
Yeah. So what what's been going on? What's been going on this week? I have for the past ten days, I've been on a social media purge. I haven't I haven't opened up Twitter or Facebook or Reddit. With that social media, right? That counts. Uh, YouTube. Yeah. It's more it, anti-social media, I think. But, yeah, but anything, sure. anything with you know comments and and that kind of stuff. And uh, man, it has been great. I got nothing. I got nothing else to say about it other than <laughs> I just feel real good all the time. <laughs> you know, I mean, I you, have not done the same thing. I mean, I I don't spend too much time on those anyway. I tend to look at the front page of Reddit like twice a day. Yeah. And then I check our Bscotch Twitter feed, which currently consists of mostly just notes that people are following us, which is super boring. Yeah, that's not very uh, exciting. No, it is not. But every once in a while, something interesting kind of, you know, pops up in there. So I just, I spend a few minutes a day trying to discover those interesting things, which is probably a waste of time. It might be. But see, I just, I depend on other, I'm, I'm sort of like a, I don't know. I'm like an Amish person who still uses the highways. Like uh, I'm still getting that information from other people. I'm That's still benefiting true. from it, but I don't need to actually do anything. Let somebody know, else waste their time yeah, on social media. Let somebody else maintain that stuff. Uh, so, but yeah, that's going it's going real good. And people people tend to be pretty negative in comment sections and stuff like that. But I haven't I haven't had to read any of those things. That's that's going great. And we also we invented a new word. Well, we didn't. Seth invented a new word. Well, yeah, but we're all we're trying to propagate it. And yeah. we're gonna need everybody's help with this. The word is slurb. Slurb. It came about because while we were playing, so we mentioned we've been playing a lot of Rocket League for the past yeah. few weeks. There's a frequent occurrence in this game because still somehow we are just terrible at it. I'm like fifty hours in. Are I'm you? Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I don't think I'm quite there, but I'm, I've, I've put in my time. Uh, but there's this a frequently frequently happening occurrence where you just you hit the ball and it just kind of it just does this slow sad just, waltz that yeah just slowly works its way into the goal. Yeah, and somehow when we were trying to describe this, just Seth just called it slurb he's like it just slurbed in there and we're like holy crap that's a perfect word so i think the formal definition is for something to go slowly and awkwardly into another thing yeah in a really sort of probably in a negative way yeah in a really unappealing way yeah there's just like something really deeply dissatisfying about the slow like if there's that guy at your office who whenever he comes in to the office in the morning and he just never he just never like gets to his desk and starts getting shit done you know uh he just kind of comes in and just like slurps his his way across the office (laughs) (laughs) chatting with people and then he kind of hovers around the door to his cube you know and then he just slurps into his chair and then starts typing slowly (laughs) um it's such a because we don't there's no word for that no but but now now there is slurp it's just as gross as it needs to be all right so i I have i have two more so because i haven't been jumping into random internet threads for 11 days i've had a lot of time for introspection oh okay so what have you learned about yourself I haven't learned anything about myself. <laughs> Wait, so, so what let's did move you... on? <laughs> uh, no, so I I thought of, there was a couple things just occurred to me. You ever hear the saying "A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step"? I have heard that, saying. and that's a, and that's supposed to be like a big 
like motivational thing. Yeah, and there's something about like a second pair of footprints or something along. Maybe that's. A, I think maybe that's, that's a different. I think say. that's about Jesus. Oh, okay, right. Um, <laughs> it kind of occurred to me that uh, there's like 2.1 million more steps to go in that in a journey of a thousand miles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I guess it's probably important that the saying doesn't focus on that part of it. Because... Yeah, I think that's the whole point of this. Saying. <laughs> is that, is but that I mean, fact? but here's the thing. A journey of a thousand miles doesn't begin with a single step. It ends after 2.1 million steps. Right. Like, True. I, mean, I mean, yeah, OK, it begins, but it's not a journey of a thousand miles until it's done. Until it was a journey in the past. Right. Because otherwise you're just wandering aimlessly. Um, or if you only take a single step, you haven't started a journey you've, you've of a thousand miles. Yeah, that's true. All you've done is taken a step. So I guess every step is the beginning of a journey. Every of a step miles. is the beginning of a journey of a thousand mm. miles until you stop going that direction. Yeah. Well, but then once you stop going that direction, you're just going on another journey of a thousand miles in a different direction, <laughs> which should make you feel step. great about your progress in life, so long as you're taking steps. How many journeys of a thousand miles have you gone on <laughs> this week? A shitload. So, so I guess also, if you do actually go and complete a journey of a thousand miles, you've actually completed something like, or you've actually begun something like a million journeys of a thousand miles. So you've gone on a million journeys just by going on one. And you really, and you only finished one. Yeah. I mean, great success rate. Steve, <laughs> yeah, probably, way to slurp your way need, through that one. <laughs> you probably need to take your ratio of successful journeys on into account for that. Yeah, just pick a pick a direction and go. Yeah, uh, quit starting new goddamn journeys <laughs> all the time. <laughs> that's, all right, that's fair. so before and before we get to the studio update, I had all right, one last thing. I just have to get this off my chest. <laughs> okay, what's up? Okay, so whenever you when whenever you see a dog and they're like really happy to see you. What if they're just being sarcastic <laughs> and you would have no way of knowing? And really, every dog is, is actually kind of a dick and they're just sarcastically acting as if they <laughs> want to see you, but you have no way of knowing. Right. And really, they just they don't like us at all. In fact, what about what about that? I mean, it's it's possible. I, I'm not sure dogs are capable of just about. Any kind of well, we—that's what we think. But they're so good at being sarcastic. That's that, true. Uh, they, they may just be unbelievably good at at sarcasm. They're probably really, really smart, but they're just so goddamn <laughs> sarcastic that uh, that we don't even know. They're just oh sure, I'll just sniff around. Yeah, I'm a dog. Why not? Why don't I just sniff everything? That's what I like to do. Sure. So they're sort of like they're sort of hipsters, I guess. Yeah. This is an interesting. Theory. So, what made you? What made you think this? What might be happening? What did you? Did some? Did your dog do something that? No, no. It's just. Uh, it just. It just kind of occurred to me that we have no idea what these animals are actually thinking. You know, we have to just interpret, right? You know, the way they communicate is through body language, and so we like to think of them as like you know they're very they're very open and honest because they they don't have a concept of lying. We just read what they are doing, like they wag their tail. We're like, oh, it's happy, but. We don't really know whether or not they're actually mocking us. <laughs> <laughs> Everything they do is actually mocking. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that as possible. That seems more like something a cat would do. Pro yeah, but, I mean, but maybe I, I that's would just not, what dogs want put us it past to think. A cat. I mean, the cats are obviously sarcastic. Yeah, but dogs, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going on in that in that gourd? Yeah, maybe just dogs are assholes, just like cats. Yeah, but I mean, aside from all that stuff, 
we've been making great progress on Crashlands for the yes, past. Yes, we year. have. We've been crushing it since the last podcast. So what's what's happened? Where were we on the last podcast? I believe I believe we had just started trying to get cloud saving to work. We were we were integrating B Scotch ID. We were oh that's right. We were integrating B Scotch ID and then Seth was bug crushing, but that was those were the two things we were really focusing on. Sam was mostly out of commission in terms of work, but he still somehow managed to create a new boss for the savannah. He did. He did do uh, that. Which is the the first the first biome, the first region of the of the game. Uh, what's the what's the boss called? It's like a mushroom berry, berry. Oh, berry, wait, berry digs, berry digs. It's right. The, it's it's basically so the the tendrum they worship Marla, which is like their plant. God. Yeah. So the tendrum that right they're they're one of the uh, species of NPC that you meet in the game. They're basically flying plant goats. Yeah, and they love they they worship this plant concept called Marla. And Marla has these roots and flowers and things that are blossoming everywhere. They tend to congregate around those. Uh, but they also have a concept of sort of a devil creature, which is sort of like a, like a mushroom clam thing named Barry Diggs. Uh, so <laughs> why, why is it named Barry Diggs? Was there, there must be some story behind that. Uh, it just kind of, it just kind of appeared that way. It's going to happen. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. Barry, Barry is a boss fight that is in the game. Or it will be uh, within will the be, next yeah. couple days. The art, yeah. So Sam got the art all generated. So that boss, which actually covers now the three bosses besides the main boss, uh, but it covers the three bosses in the savannah. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. And then Seth completed all the hookup of the animation and the the battle sequences and stuff for Blockstock. Uh, for Blockstock, another one of those bosses, and uh, is in the process right now of reanimating. The Baconweed Fairy, who we actually, who we uh, talked about a long time ago, or I guess seemingly a long time ago. I think we tweeted. I think there's a twit of the Baconweed Fairy. I think there fairy may animation. even be a blog post. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe, there, yeah. yeah maybe. I don't know. There's stuff about the Baconweed Fairy all over the place, actually. Uh, the Baconweed Fairy turned into a crazy, horrific <laughs> creation because the animation tool we were using didn't quite work exactly so all of a sudden uh her arms would be detached and like attached moving it yeah attached to degree her angles stomach or, or something or she'd weird. be rotated or laying on the ground like twisting around <laughs> right. violently with her jaw popped yeah, off it was kind of it was like horror movie kind of stuff which was funny because actually for a while she kind of worked in the game so she was the first boss that was in the in the savannah and it kind of worked, and all of a sudden it all fell apart and hasn't been redone until now. But anyway, so Seth's redoing that, and then he'll f- rig up this new boss that Sam made. And then all the bosses are done. And then we're ready for a, an internal Savannah playthrough. Yeah. And then the, so then the other thing is we had got – so Bscotch ID is now all integrated, so that's all – all assembled. We don't have any we don't have perks and things hooked up uh, to Crashlands yet. We'll be we'll probably be adding those later on during the beta. But all the functional aspects of Bscotch ID are there. And the big thing we just finished today is now the the cloud saving, so the the whole cross device and and whatever thing mm-hmm. where you can just sync your save to our servers and then go download it somewhere else. That is all now 100% functional. And we've tried it and it mostly works. Right now it totally works. Earlier a couple hours ago, it was just mostly working. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're making some great progress. And speaking of bosses, we actually changed the name of the main villain. Oh, yeah, we did. Q, yeah. so we discuss, We didn't know this until people 
accused us of of theft. This seems to happen with some frequency. <laughs> they apparently Star Trek has an alien named Q, which for starters, an alien supervillain. For starters, who in Star Trek isn't an alien? I mean, let's let's be real about that. Who who isn't an alien? Period. Like that's it depends on your your point of view relative to somebody. Yeah, we're all aliens somewhere. Uh, so Q, so Q was was Quetzalcoatl, which was an homage to Towel Fight of the Gods way back when. Um, and Q was originally a god, and then our concept of the Viru, which is the the alien race that Q belongs to, uh, would developed over time, and then we so rebranded these god characters as as technologically advanced aliens. And we thought, people can't pronounce Quetzalcoatl, so we'll just call him Q. But as soon as that happened, then we started getting comments from people about how we were taking the name of this Star Trek alien named Q. Well, I mean, as we all know, if something has a name, no matter nothing how, else can have that name. <laughs> even if it's just a single damn letter, nothing else can have but that name. But the good news is, we have a new name for the villain. That's even better. Which literally nothing else has. Yeah, we, we Googled we it. We Googled it. There are zero results just in the entire <laughs> universe. His name is Hugo Duco. Yeah. Hugo Duco. H-E-W-G-O-D-O-O-K-O. Lots of O's. I think that's right. Lots of O's, O's are evil. Sure. The most evil of the vowels. Uh, yeah, so we're pumped about that. We got we to gotta update a whole bunch of our literature. But also, so Sam has been adding a crap load of side quests to the game yeah. which i haven't i haven't even gotten to go and and play him and check him out but he's been posting random updates uh to our chat and we have cool things like there's this tendrom named grand mammy and she has a bunch of quadrupus buddies who she served in the war with way back in the day is this and, the quadrupus war with pete well or who knows war? i mean I don't know. We, we don't know uh, I don't want to no spoilers. Fair enough. Each of those quadrupi has a quest chain that they will send you on, and you can do favors for them in order to get some pretty sweet, get some pretty sweet stuff. Uh, so we have all this kind of stuff going on. We got some little like cities and villages being developed with a bunch of in, you know populated with a bunch of NPCs that have all kinds of stories to them, and we're hoping that these side quests, you know, that there will be dozens and dozens of hours worth of things to do in these. It's still being fleshed yeah. out, but it's really moving along. It's coming along. Seth's going on vacation starting on Friday. All this crap is happening. We're moving along really fast. and Crappening. The crappening. And, uh, and so our goal is to, by the time Seth leaves on Friday, to have everything in, in place in the savannah, the first biome. For an internal beta. For an internal playthrough of that biome. Yeah, which we'll do over the weekend. So Seth will do it while he's on the airplane and stuff. Sam and I will do it just constantly. We'll then get our first list of all the things that need to be dealt with. So it should, it'll only take us a few days to get through the game. And then we'll get the list of all of the changes we want to make. And then we'll kind of power through those as fast as we can. Hopefully that's only a few days of work. Unless something is horribly broken. And yes. then at that point, we're ready for the beta. So we're just really close. Like we keep on saying we're close. And it's constantly we true. <laughs> and we, but we are, we are just so close right now. Yeah. I think, well, I think it's fair to say that, you know, when a game takes two years to make and you only have three months left, you're super close. Yeah. Right. That is but a it's fact. like, that's still a long time. True. You know, in general. We're not saying we have three months left. No, I'm not saying that. That was, that was a, it was a, 
uh, an example, <laughs> right. completely unrelated. Completely unrelated. We certainly have some time left, and we're not going to put a date on it yet because, as we've been noting, we just we don't know how fast things are going to happen, and things. We're at that point now where there are just a handful of things left that have to happen, but each one could end up taking a day or five days longer than we expect. Yeah, every now and then you bump into these work stopping bugs that just crush your entire work day, and you can't figure it out and track it down yeah. so we, we can't anticipate those but uh i'm i'm stocked up on red bull i'm not going to the gym all week you have been drinking a lot of damn red bull i am just completely i'm doused like i'm, I'm sopping wet i'm just covered in red bull right now <laughs> gross without any more uh ado i gotta throw that over because <laughs> right. skip the skip, yeah that's past how do that's how we do it um yeah let's get to, let's get to some fan questions all right all right, well, let's uh, start with the Cacti God, who asks, when making a new game, who is the first to hear about it? I'm well, not totally sure what this means. Maybe, so So think of a little while ago. Uh, so Seth prototyped this game that currently internally is called Entropy, but we'll probably have a name change by the time, if, if it ever actually goes out into the wild we were prototyping this game we were working on it while sam was in the hospital because we just needed some some other stuff to do and then we got it hooked up to bscotch id because it was a multiplayer game all of a sudden in some because we were on the, the friends the friend lists of a bunch of uh of players in the bscotch id network and so all of a sudden people saw the name of that game pop up in their friends list mm-hmm. and they're like what the hell is this we didn't know you were making another game and more importantly, like, did we. you should be working on Crashlands, of course. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so that was a, so I imagine maybe that's the kind of thing he's talking about. Like we're all of a sudden in that case, people who were, you know, in our friends queue, uh, suddenly heard about a new game we were making. Well, those are, those are definitely some of the first, I think. Yeah. But mostly what happens is, you know, our, obviously our, our family members are the first yeah, to find I was gonna out. Say our, wives. our wives first. And then what happens? I guess it kind of depends on the on the game and like and how much we get into it because uh, we have a whole bunch of prototypes that we get started with and typically actually Seth will start the prototype and then tell us about it like a week later maybe <laughs> so uh, yeah. if if it sounds interesting and then we'll kind of play around with the idea and then if we get into it we'll work on it a bit and then you know then our wives end up hearing about it because we're talking about the problems we've been facing it does it tends to not go further than that actually for most things that we start making. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I would say that of all the prototypes and game ideas and um, and game projects we work on, or what, maybe nine out of ten of them never never go anywhere. Yeah. So we tend to kind of keep them internal and keep them pretty quiet because we don't want we don't want a situation. I mean, we we actually had a, a thing after Quadrupus where we had a game concept called Captain. Oh right. Where yeah. you, where you were. It was kind of like a space RPG kind of a game, but we worked on it for a little while and then, uh, then we switched over to extreme sloth cycling because we just weren't really feeling it. But we had already announced the game and we had been, we had talked, talked it up a little bit. So people uh, in were getting media. interested and excited people about were it. writing articles about it and then we, then it just disappeared. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you look that up, you can find it. You can find some gifts and we had some artwork done. And well, actually, Narwhal Online is pretty similar to that because we, we did that for a game jam. So it was just for fun. But then we started talking about turning that into a game and we're even actually part of the original timeline was we we're going to make that before we finished Crashland. yeah and we announced that and everything else and then all of a sudden that's not what we did <laughs> and so, so yeah so over time we've learned our lesson of we should keep keep things pretty quiet until we are really really confident that we have a good concept that we're going to 
put out. Yeah. Definitely. Our wives know everything, though, because, you know, that's how that works. Yeah. Because we got to talk about our day at the end of the work day, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ulner Evern asks, how scripted will the main campaign of Crashlands be? Uh, proportions of outposts, how you position them, and all that. So for those of you who are new to, to Crashlands and to this podcast, uh, what Owner Vern is talking about here is that we have uh, this thing called the Crashlands Creator that allows you to make what we call outposts, which can be kind of whatever you want, but it's something that exists out in the world, like a bunch of floors and some chests and a placed NPC. Yeah, you can just think about an outpost as like a handmade place it's a handmade place and so what we're still working on in the game is is basically that part is is making the actual story of the game which consists of a whole bunch of those you know handcrafted outposts and then the npcs that live in them and then the quests that those npcs give you to allow you to unlock things and do interesting stuff and the style of game that crashlands is, is that, you know it's a, it's an open world crafting game yeah so so we have we actually have a really cool sort of an interplay between the story system and the progression system, which is in order to move forward, you need to interact with the story because you have to talk to people who will teach you how to build things that allow you to get more powerful so you can move ahead. Right. But in order to build the things that they teach you how to build, you have to go out into the open world and collect all those materials and fight the creatures and, and all that stuff. The story just gives you more reasons to go out into the world and and explore. Yeah, it just gives you stuff to do while you're not actually just building things and 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 uh, focusing on exactly. the crafting part. Exactly. So in terms of how scripted it is, I, I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure what that means specifically. Well, it is but quoted, so probably whatever we want it to I th- be. I think it's kind of a. I think it's more of a, a question about like. Is it, is it a very open world thing or is it very linear right. or that sort of thing? And the, the story is, it's linear but branching because there's lots of side quests and stuff. And you need to engage with the story to, to move through the, the crafting and the progression and all that stuff. But you can just wander off and explore infinitely in any direction and at any time. And even when you are doing the linear story, you'll still spend most of your time out exploring an open world. And so uh, so most of your time, even in the kind of the linear story part of the game is actually spent not doing scripted stuff and i I guess a good analog would be something like skyrim where fallout yeah where there's there's clearly a story but there's this huge world out there and if you just go out and look around you will stumble across some things that you didn't know were there and you'll find all kinds of cool stuff and if you if you talk to certain npcs then you know then it'll pop up entirely new opportunities for you to go and get cool new things um, so there's a, there's a lot to it. Uh, so how scripted is it? Uh, it's kind both, of. It's, right. <laughs> it's both really scripted and not very scripted at all, actually, just because of the two ways you can interact with the game. Yeah. But hopefully that answers the question. Yeah. And Sam would be able to answer this better because he's the one actually building the entirety of the, of the story part of the game. So maybe he can give us a different kind of answer when he actually rejoins us in the podcast. Um, all right. So Cloudmere asks what are the chances that we get to see some more merch crashlands or otherwise i could use some butterscotch in my wardrobe oh man merch oh so this is something <laughs> that we so there's a there's a problem with merch which is there are one a few of, problems with merch the biggest problem is one of cost both in terms of time and upfront investment 
in a lot of cases, so we've looked into things like action figures, like Flux Dave's action figures, yeah. uh, like vinyl, little vinyl figurines, uh, plushies, t-shirts, a lot, a lot of this kind of stuff. And for, for a lot of the really cool merch, like tangible things like action figures, you need to order them in production runs. Yeah. Meaning 10,000 at a time. Meaning, meaning, yeah, you have to get them in a huge bulk. Um, now the question is, where do, where do you put them? Well, there do you ship there's, an, them? there's also another question, which is, where do you get the money to buy that much stuff at once? Right. We don't have yeah, we don't have the cash in the bank to do that kind of a thing. Especially, you know, if we were to spend all of our money on action figures and we wouldn't know whether or not we could sell them, then there's that'd be a bad. There's, there's, there's also the issue of we don't necessarily want to spend our days selling action figures. We want to make games, and so. Uh, the only time that that becomes feasible is if we can bring another person onto the team to manage this kind of thing, or hire a company, and we can. But but the company will only, you know, we can only make that deal with somebody if they can make enough money to warrant them making that deal. So there has to be a large enough volume being sold that they can take their cut. They can cover the cost of everything, and yeah. everybody still ends up, you know, on on top by the time it's all done. Um, having said that, we are. In, we are looking at some options for some uh, butterscotch T-shirts where we're, we're trying to come up with a, a concept of a T-shirt that has the characters from all of our games. So we'll have uh, Hardik, Tack, Bingo, Bella, Flux, Flux. Juicebox, uh, the Juice Jockeys from, uh, from Roid Rage and Flop Rocket. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll all be basically just like chilling in a cool pose or something on the T-shirt. And then it'll say Butterscotch Shenanigans on it. We don't even have a concept of that yet. But we, ha- we have been talking to our box artist, uh, Eric Hibbler, about putting that together for us. Yep. T-shirts are cool because a lot of companies will allow you to do custom runs where or like or on-demand printing. So instead of us being like, oh, we, let's, we have to buy 10,000 T-shirts. Instead, we just get the design to them, and then whenever somebody orders that shirt, they just print it right there on the spot yeah. and send it off. Well, the other part of that, too, is we have to find a place that has a high-quality enough shirt and then sells it for a reasonable enough price that it's actually worth it to our our fans to buy that stuff. Because we, we, I think for a while yeah, there was some merch. The store might even still be up. I don't know. We had some merch through Zazzle, yeah. but it was it was like $24, $25 a t-shirt or something like that. And the like t-shirts that. were just okay. Yeah, they, it was okay. Like they kind of they, they wore out really easily. And um, we also had some like, coffee with butterscotch mugs. But again, those mugs were like nineteen dollars. It's like it's just like a regular mug, yeah, with printing on. It's not it's not a nineteen dollar item. And I, and I think we were and we got what like a dollar of it. That was that was with us putting like a fifty cent or a dollar profit. Yeah, so like, it's just, it was just horribly overpriced. It's not like we were marking it up like crazy. Yeah, it was just really overpriced. So, and, and, but it, but the, but there's a good reason for that, which is that it was being printed on demand, so we couldn't take advantage of of you know buying stuff in bulk. But we do, you know, going back to the action figures and stuff. We do totally want to do that, and we totally intend to do it if if Crashlands is successful enough that we can afford the upfront cost for that, and we can find somebody to distribute it for us and all that kind of stuff, then we're totally going to jump into that fray. Yeah, we, we have a very clear business trajectory in terms of the kinds of things we want to get into, and merch is number one uh, on that list. Yeah. So it's, it's mostly just a matter of time and, and money. So True fact. We, we will get there. Either now or within the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. All right. Nia asks, 
If the bros were an animal, what animal would each of you be? Answers limited to dragons, phoenixes, wait, it's limitless, lizard people, woo! Oh, is that? That last part. Yeah, it's W-E-W-W-W, which I didn't know what that meant, but now. It, or it's woo. Woo. Uh, lizard people, woo. Uh, um, Seth, what would, you, what would you be? Or do we have to choose for ourselves or for each other? Or both? Uh... Well, I mean, we all we know that for starters, Sam is is would be a rabbit. Part, yeah, absolutely. Because he's been infused with the essence of a yeah, rabbit. He, but, but he already is an animal. I guess that is the question, though. If they were, the question an animal, is, if you were an animal, yeah. what would you be? And obviously, Sam is so, now. An Sam animal, is an animal, and so. he's a rabbit. So that answers that question. Um, yeah, but I'd probably just I'd go with human. Yeah. That's it's one of my we, top yeah, animals. That's true. So if we were an animal, and we are because we're humans. Hmm. So we're, we're taking too much of a programmer it. approach to this question, <laughs> I think. If it's square, rhombus, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, otherwise, probably a rhinoceros. Ooh. But then some I, jerk no, would just yeah, kill you that. and hack no, off yeah, your I'll horn. Get, I'll get shanked and then my horn cut off. Yeah. Yeah, what animal has just like a really good life? Uh, probably. Maybe, maybe just like a, maybe a giant tortoise. A giant tortoise. Uh, yeah. You just get to, you just like slurb around and eat <laughs> plants, you know? <laughs> and then you basically live forever. <laughs> you live for 200 years. Nothing can fuck with you because but I think you're you have an li- enormous I think shell. I think your life also just moves very slowly, though. Because, I mean, sure, you get to live for 100 years, but you spend most of your time slowly slurping around. Everything that you do is in the slurping fashion. So, I don't know. You probably only experience, like, a good week of life. If you're I don't know. I've, I get the sense that, that tortoises experience time at like three times the normal rate. Like for them, they feel like they're just moving pretty at pretty good speed and everything else around them is yeah, just super exactly. fast. Exactly. So what that know, means like is like a hummingbird. <laughs> right. So what that means is they actually have very little life for the relative to the extent of it. Yeah, but they're so chilled out. That's true. You know? Might as well have a so, shorter yeah. chilled out life. A giant exciting what are, is that like a Galapagos tortoise or something? That is a kind of tortoise. That's the kind. That's the kind I would be. Yeah, one of those two hundred, four hundred, whatever pounders. <laughs> uh, interesting. I guess I would probably I would try to avoid humans because those kill you all the time. If you're a non-human animal, well, actually, even if you're a human animal, if you're anything, humans will kill you in all likelihood. Mm, unless you're, yeah, unless you're some kind of horrible deep sea yeah that's what, exactly really so i was gonna go with finding. a deep sea uh something or other maybe a deep sea female lantern fish mm. I think that's what i would be that is a pretty good life right there yeah a male lantern fish is not that good no well then you just become you're basically you're basically a living testicle well you are once you once for those of you who are I mean, familiar i mean that's true of humans too <laughs> also true if, if you're not familiar with the lantern fish there is a, a great oatmeal comic that sounds like the oatmeal.com if you're not familiar with that website uh but there's he, he a comic about the lantern fish which sounds like a joke but it isn't it's really how lantern fish work which is that they live so deep down in the pitch black ocean where there's almost nothing alive because there's not enough stuff to support life that their numbers are tiny, but they're distributed over a huge, huge area, and they can't in three dimensions. In three dimensions, and they can't really find each other. And so, on the rare instances that they do, they basically have to mate. Like it's just what they has to happen. To. And the males are these tiny little fish, and the females are huge. So the question is, what happens if the female isn't ready to mate when she meets a yeah. male? And so, so what happens is, well, not only that, 
it's she wants to be able to produce eggs multiple times and you know all of that exactly and so so what happens is the male just basically latches on and then over time just fuses like the body literally just fuses with the they with bite the on and then their jaw melts yeah. into the female lantern right. fish's flesh until all that's left is basically fish balls all that's left is a, is a testicle yeah in a like a bag. So then, so that it just supplies <laughs> sperm, so that so that they can make babies forever. Which is why I would not be a male lanternfish. But being a female, yeah. you're pretty safe. You know, way down deep, there's nothing out there that's gonna get you. You're a relatively top predator. Kind of boring. On the flip side, though, anytime you come across another lanternfish, if it's a male, they're just gonna bite you and turn <laughs> into a, turn another into a testicle. testicle. That's true. So. You're gonna you're gonna have a lot of that to deal with. Yeah, but you know, I, I think are I there think deep the, sea octopi? Because that'd be a pretty yeah. Good that's one. what I was. That's, that's what probably. I was. Saying. Octopi are are brilliant. Yeah, or octopuds, whatever the plural Octipodes. is. Yeah, octopi are freaking brilliant. They can open jars. Yeah, the the real problem with being any kind of an animal is suddenly you're subject to nature, which means and you're humans. probably gonna be. You're probably going to be horribly killed yeah. by by either Unless a person you're a top predator. or you're going to be eaten by something. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough life being an animal. Indeed. But Galapagos tortoise and female lanternfish and rabbit. <laughs> and speaking, rabbit. <laughs> speaking of rabbits. <laughs> oh yeah, Scotchty asks, Chauncey, the, or I guess says, Chauncey the rabbit, discuss. It's pretty pushy. It is it's pretty. That it is. It's pretty demanding. A little pushy. Let's discuss Chauncey right. the Rabbit. Well, so what Scotch <laughs> D is referring? This was before my time in butterscotch, not as a person who exists, but in butterscotch. It was before butterscotch. Really? Oh, that's true. Actually, came fully was into this? fruition. I mean, it was a butterscotch game, but we were still Sam and I were still working at another company. Yeah. at the time was this and after Gerblins or before Gerblins? It was before. So this is like this is this is old school yeah, so, butterscotch. Yeah, Ch- Chauncey the Rabbit was a game that Sam and I made over like two weeks, uh, in evenings and weekends, and it was a side-scrolling running game where basically you were this rabbit, and you had to run through this like obstacle course as many times as possible before you got murdered by <laughs> by Kismet. The rabbit god who would crush you with a hammer, if I recall. Who would crush you with a hammer? So he had a slot machine made of his teeth. His teeth were a slot machine, and you collected, you collected luck on your way to. Oh right, and it was it was pretty dark because Chauncey the rabbit didn't have. He didn't have have any hands because his front paws were cut off and they were bandaged, so he had like stump arms because somebody had stolen his luck. And so he was seeking out Kismet, the the god of luck, to try to replenish his luck supply. So Chauncey is running through this this 2D side-scrolling obstacle course, and he would encounter things like mirrors that he had to not break, uh, ladders he had to jump over and not go under, uh, black cats that couldn't cross his path. I recall a lot of salt shakers. Oh yeah, salt. He had you had to collect salt. Because when you throw salt over your shoulder, that gives you luck. There's horseshoes, four-leaf clover. So there's all kinds of – there's lucky items, and then there's things that try to kill you. Or I should say take your luck away. As you go through the obstacle course, by the time you get to the end, 
You have lost luck by bumping into the bad shit and gained luck by picking up the good shit. And when you talk to Kismet, then your luck balance will manipulate his slot machine teeth. <laughs> and yeah. and if you are super unlucky, um, then it really knocks your your chances down. And if and if he gets a triple hammer on his slot machine teeth. Then he crushes you to death with a hammer. <laughs> and then you have lost, I believe, right? And that's it. That's, that's yeah. The then you're done. So the goal is to get through as many of these obstacle courses as possible with it before getting crushed. And, and each one is a little bit longer and you go a little bit faster. And there are a whole bunch of modifiers. So you can actually get like a rocket, like rocket boots or something. And I don't know. I have, I have very vague recollection of this. So game. what Kismet did with his teeth. So he would smash you. The other things that would happen was um, his teeth would turn into these modifiers that would change, that would affect your next run. Right. Uh, one of them might be like you get injected with steroids and then you're running super fast. Um, one is you're tired, which is literally your inside of a tire and you're rolling. <laughs> right. Um, right. Sometimes there'll be like ice. There were like 48 or 50 different uh, modifiers that would affect each run. Yeah. There, I mean, there was really actually quite a bit of stuff in that game. There was quite a lot of stuff. The the problem. Yeah. So was the question, the, Seth, is what happened to Chauncey the Rabbit? What happened to Chauncey the Rabbit was uh, I don't know. I mean, it was our first game. It had a lot of rough edges, and it was not balanced very well. It was. I mean, because it was our first game, we had this. We had this idea like, oh, we'll just make it and put it out there, and boom, like money. Yeah, people will play we, it, and we'll yeah. yeah. We didn't promote it, um, and then we lost our Java key store file, so we couldn't update <laughs> right. it anymore. Uh, yeah. And what, what? Yeah, it was just a. It was a know, series it, of. It was a series of train wrecks, yeah. which is what you can expect for the very first game that you make. Uh, the concept was kind of goofy. I think there's something like there might be something there. Yeah, well, and but. it was fun. It just it it suffered enough from some control scheme problems and things that it got frustrating. Not not because it was designed to be frustrating, but because it wasn't, which is because of bugs. <laughs> because of bugs and things. Yeah, there's also a problem like I didn't understand device resolutions very well at that time. And so on some devices you would play and there was just tons of stuff on the screen at once. And right. it was really super zoomed out and really small and you could see forever and it ran really slowly. And on other devices you could see almost nothing at all, depending <laughs> right. on how what you're yeah, so it was. It had some kinks. Yeah, but it did. I, I believe it was the sort of, uh, I guess, spiritual precursor to sloth cycling. Yeah, the idea of a rabbit with his hands cut off, with bandaged stumps, running yeah. through some kind of an obstacle course. Um, yeah, that that remained. Was Chauncey the rabbit the, the the main character in sloth cycling, or is that a different rabbit entirely? I think I think we did call him Chauncey. Yeah, it must be. But I'm not sure if that's gonna persist yeah yeah we, we so. may change so that game's probably going to still exist the the sloth cycling game but it may have different characters in it than it currently does except for obviously the sloth because sloth cycling is too awesome to not have yeah i mean we could probably just make it with just the sloth and forget about <laughs> that's the true actually and somehow make it into a sloth sloth racing game. <laughs> yeah that would be cool. Uh, all right. So I think we got time for let's do one one more question. Sure. Let's hit it up. Which is pretty pretty good one to end on. It's by Racing for the Finish who asks, knowing the universe might implode on itself due to sheer awesomeness, would you ever consider recording the audio and video for Coffee with Butterscotch and placing it on YouTube? Thanks for the super sweet podcast and keep up the hard work. What a nice question. That is a nice question. Thanks, Raising for the Finish. 
or rather the question was okay, but the compliments at the end were great. <laughs> right. Uh so what the answer to that is we've been we've been trying to figure out how to uh make our podcast more I guess broadly accessible and and give it a, a wider reach. Obviously right now things are in weird flux because Sam isn't around. Uh, we're just neck deep in developing crash lands. There's kind of some weird stuff that makes it hard for us to pay attention and, and try to advance this thing more than just to more than just actually doing it. Doing a video based part of it is something that we have talked about and would like to do. There are just various technical problems like the fact that we don't all live in the same place. Yep, there's that. Um, there's also video editing. You know, we we do edit the audio a little bit to kind of like truncate it a little bit and cut out some. Uh, silences yeah. and that sort of thing, which means if we edited the audio, we would need to also edit the video, which takes uh, quite a bit. Yeah, longer. video editing sucks. Uh, it's it's easy to make a recording that sounds good in terms of quality uh, that doesn't seem amateurish, even if you are an amateur. But it's very hard to make a video <laughs> that doesn't seem amateurish. So it's something we want to do, but it's going to take enough of our time to do it that we're going to wait until. Uh, Things have settled down with with Sam Sam's hospital stuff and with Crashlands being launched. Yeah, and but, then we'll come uh, back and revisit we, it. I think we might put the podcast audio onto YouTube as a just just the audio files, maybe with a cool image or something. Yeah, um, as a playlist, just to help people find it because you know not a lot of people are just like out browsing SoundCloud. Yeah, th- yeah, I think YouTube is a lot more accessible to people than than uh, podcast lists. Yeah, so are. we will get YouTube videos of the audio, but not of video. Yeah, which is less awesome than what you're asking for. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's way less awesome. But yeah, the, the time commitment to making a video, uh, it would basically mean that we, we would have to knock the frequency of Coffee with Butterscotch down to maybe like once a month or something. Because it would take probably a whole day uh, to get everything ready to go. Easily. Up onto YouTube. Yeah, I mean, we would get that time down with practice, but man, that would. Yeah, ideally, really a, we would start doing something like that after we have raised enough capital to hire somebody to kind of do like a general take care of things kind of person. You know, a general take care, kind, take of care of things yeah, kind of person. Yeah, whatever. It's uh, uh, a manager of, of the stuff that has to get done. You know, whatever that job is. I don't know. Uh, but if we had somebody who could kind of you know miscellaneous do all kinds of miscellaneous tasks like edit our videos and, and that kind of thing uh then then all of a sudden basically an intern basically basically an intern <laughs> then all of a sudden all of these all these issues of, we are, of we're not taking applications no we're not <laughs> but of all the things that we want to do that take away time from game development all of a sudden we wouldn't have to worry about so uh, exactly yeah but we're not there yet not yet all right you guys well thank you very much for all the questions and uh, this has been coffee with butterscotch and again if you would like to get in on the q a action head over to podcast.bscotch.net and throw some questions our way you can also vote for other people's questions so if you want to sway the discussion in one way or another feel free you to can just, do yeah, it distribute your votes and otherwise we'll see you guys over at forums.bscotch.net and we'll catch you next week Peace. Goodbye.